Hello and welcome to Not A Scratch, the only podcast that believes that Scratch is an overpowered move. I am your host, Andrew himself, and this is the ARC 1 summary episode. We at Not A Scratch understand that there are a lot of episodes to listen to in order to catch up to the show. As a result, we wanted to create summary episodes, which, unsurprisingly, summarize ARCs and make it easier for listeners to catch up to the current action. Some quick notes before we go into the summary. The summaries are broad overviews of each arc, and we highly recommend checking out each individual episode to get more details, references, and a better understanding of the overall story. If you're looking for major plot points, you've got them here, but note that this isn't going to talk about every single interaction our players have. The goal is to make sure you've got a good understanding of the events of the arc, and can jump into the first episode of the next arc without any major concerns. When the music changes, that signifies the next episode. For more information on the show and on us, check the end of this episode. Without further ado, let's dive on in. This is the summary episode for Arc 1. The episodes were released from June 9th, 2020 to September 8th, 2020, with a Q&A episode released on September 15th. We started recording the first few episodes soon after finishing Arc Zero's recording, and roughly a month before releasing Arc Zero. Now that we had worked out a bit of the prologue of the story, with our characters meeting and accomplishing a relatively basic goal, it was time for the real adventure to begin. Speaking of adventure, what is this show? For those of you who may not know, this is a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon TTRPG actual play podcast. Pokemon, to summarize really quickly, is a series of role-playing games focused on different characters traveling across a region, kind of like a country, as they try to accomplish whatever goal they might have. The most popular version of the games, and the type that you're probably most familiar with, are where trainers train Pokemon as they eventually aim to be the champion of the region. These are your Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow, Gold, Silver, and so on. The most recent games as of this recording were Pokemon Sword and Shield, released in November of 2019. The Pokemon franchise has created a number of spin-off games that take the normal Pokemon formula and twist it in an interesting way. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon has you become a Pokemon, and tracks your adventure as a single Pokemon. The games show off a world of Pokemon and only Pokemon, who built communities and thriving towns of their own. The TTRPG system that we use in the story is actually made by yours truly, and we've been improving the system throughout the adventure, which you might notice once you start listening to the episodes. Also one quick note about the summary episode structure, the music will change when we change episodes, as I mentioned previously. I'll be putting timestamps in the description of the episodes as well, and please let me know if I have not done that as of yet, because I might forget, so let me know, and if it's not there, I'll be sure to put it later. Now, without further ado, let's begin Arc 1. Before beginning Arc 1's summary, I mentioned that the TTRPG system that we use has been updated. This happens periodically throughout the series, but doesn't impact the story tremendously. Where we last left off, Mrs. Quagmire had just accepted Ralph and Kyle into the Recruits of the Lost, and leads them into a classroom with Isaac the Vanillite, another member of the Recruits of the Lost. Isaac begins by asking our heroes a question. Do they believe legendary Pokemon are real? To the vast majority of the world, legendary and mythical Pokemon are stories you tell children to make sure they behave properly. To those in the know, however, they realize much more. The majority of these stories told about these legends are, in fact, real. It turns out that our heroes have even seen a legendary Pokemon themselves, even if they don't really believe themselves. 
Ralph saw Articuno one morning as a younger child, and Kyle feels as though he met Celebi while drawing in the forest one time. The legends are trying to hide, keep their powers away from those who could abuse it. Isaac also talks about the legendary items. Powerful artifacts created by the legendary Pokemon store their excess power, and how a dark force attempted to use those items to destroy the world many years ago. That dark force is back again, and our heroes have only one year for the world effectively goes kaput. The goal is simple, if simple is the best way to describe it. Our heroes have to find the other members of the Recruits of the Lost, who themselves don't know they are recruits until being informed, basically unlocking their knowledge of the recruits. It's a very convoluted, magical process. So they have to find the other members of the Recruits of the Lost, and find the legendary items, which are scattered across the Alcast region. And they've got a year to do it. Pretty simple. Isaac begins to mention a member of the opposing group, a member of the Dark Forces who is a Skarmory, and it turns out it's the same Skarmory that our heroes fought in the forest during their guild tryouts. Apparently there weren't supposed to be non-participants in the forest, but Skarmory must have hunted down our heroes, then proceeded to get beat up, so not very well. Isaac also talks about another issue in the organization. There's a spy. Someone in the Recruits of the Lost is feeding information to the Dark Forces, and our new recruits also have to find out who that spy is. So like I said, very simple. Mrs. Quagmire has been fiddling with some papers during this explanation and hands them to Ralph and Kyle, asking our heroes to think hard about that paper and the weird symbols on it. As our heroes do so, they appear in the hallway, specifically the dream hallway that both of them had seen before. There are 12 doors, and five of these doors are open, each open room designated for one of the recruits of the lost, including our protagonists. Our heroes enter the final room on the right and enter a meadow with a gazebo in the distance. Isaac, Mrs. Quagmire, and an Alakazam named Adam wait for them in the gazebo. This is the Legendary's realm, Adam explains, where they go and do their legendary things. Ralph and Kyle, like the other members, also get legends of their own, codenames, so to speak, of Tarakian and Verizian, respectively. Adam gives our heroes their first task, to find a legendary item. As the items tend to be close to recruits, and three of them were located in Thundertree City, it's safe to say that one of the items should be fairly close by. Speaking of, the legendary items are the following. The Aquamonica, the Fiery Drum, the Grass Cornet, the Icy Flute, the Rock Horn, the Sky Melodica, and the Terra Symbol. The fact that they're all magical instruments is probably something legendary related, maybe they just wanted to start a band, who knows. Each of these items could be anywhere in the region, so our heroes are equipped with a backpack and 5,000 poke. They're also going to be acting as members of the Bronze Roses and prepare for traveling to that location in Shady Grove. Their parents also give them a few gifts for their travels. Time to get going. Our heroes wake up the next day ready to head out to Shady Grove. They decide to travel via train, but go shopping beforehand. They've got money and it's burning a hole in their pocket. Kyle goes grocery shopping, while Ralph tries to buy some TNs. First, Kyle at the grocery store decides to purchase a big apple, five regular apples, three sleep seeds, and sees a chest that intrigues him. The chest supposedly can only be taken by someone worthy, and Kyle, following his innate ability to be worthy, rolls a nat one, so he's apparently just not worthy. He's given an impossible question to solve and is stumped, so the chest stays in the store. Wonder what was inside? Well, we'll never know. Ralph, meanwhile, is interested in learning a new move, but gets sidetracked by a sports memorabilia store. Ralph, being a baseball fanatic, can't resist the sporty power and enters. As a Notori Earthquakes fan, he's looking for an Earthquakes baseball cap. 
As he heads to the baseball cap section, he meets Smasher the Tyro, the new Earthquakes rookie, who's hoping to bring the Earthquakes their first ever championship. Smasher signs Ralph's recently purchased hat, and Ralph heads to the TM store. Unfortunately, due to the recent purchase of a particular baseball cap, he's unable to afford any TMs. He does, however, purchase a power band, paying over half his money in the process. Both of our heroes meet up at the train station, only to see that most of the trains have left for Shady Grove. Instead, they decide to take a train to New Birch City and walk to Shady Grove from there. Thus begins the train saga. They're going to be on the train for an hour and just kind of chillin'. Kyle, already sort of upset at Ralph for being late, is concerned about what type of obstacles approach the duo, while Ralph is excited to do stuff, which is bound to happen on this journey. Surprisingly, Smasher enters their train car, extremely nervous. He's apparently late to his baseball practice, and their new manager is strict. Ralph and Smasher, and technically Kyle, discuss plans to get to practice quicker, and Ralph and Smasher decide to talk to the conductor in the first car, as they're in the fourth car. Their conversation doesn't really amount to much, and they head back to Smasher's car, the fifth and final car on the train. In frustration, Smasher breaks one of his bats, and they hear an explosion. The explosion seems to be from the front of the train, and as Ralph and Smasher exit Smasher's car, they see the fourth car with furniture all over the place. Kyle is pinned down by some rubble. Ralph and Smasher muscle their way to Kyle and unpin him, and the trio heads to the third car. In the third car, a bunch of Pokemon are rushing to the exit, and the trio squeezes through to the second car. In this car, a big door is blocking the door to the next car, and Ralph shatters the big door to get to the first car. In the first car, a Munchlax is injured and blocking the door to the conductor. Ralph heals the Munchlax's burn and heads into the conductor's car to find some old friends. Ignis, Metamorph, and Seti, Team Rocking Rampage, are back causing more problems. I think you know what happens next. Team Rocking Rampage and Team Not a Scratch, effectively, fight it out between each other, and Team Not a Scratch comes out victorious thanks to a bunch of powerful grass attacks from Kyle and the punching power of Ralph. After the fight, Ignis insists that they were ordered to turn the train away from its intended destination, and that they knew the train was going to be damaged. Ralph learns that Ignis received a letter while in jail letting them know about the explosion. With this not making sense to anyone, Ralph and Kyle head back to their car, Ralph having been offered free tickets to the first baseball game of the Earthquake season for helping out. It'll be an exciting match between the Earthquakes and the Burners, with legends like Aaron showing up. Aaron is one of the few players considered to be the GOAT, one of the greatest of all time in baseball, famous for his on-the-field play and for taking a year off in the prime of his career. By the way, our heroes also finally get to New Birch City. We also get another message. We zoom in to a table in a dark room in an unknown location. At the table sits seven Pokemon and one sits in a large leather seat encrusted with gold, silver, and other jewels. These eight Pokemon turn when they hear a knock, and we hear someone ask, Password? A word is said, but the sound is different from any other language heard before. The door opens, and a Skarmory walks into the room. They have joined. Skarmory says, as he sits in a seat at the end of the table, his nose slightly bent. That's fine, says a Pokemon near the front of the table. That's what the boss always thought would happen. The 
Pokemon on the throne shakes a bit, as if it was stretching itself out, and then begins to speak. All becomes silent. So that fool thinks adding members will help? I can't wait to see the look on his face when he finds out that you've been watching him the whole time. The boss looks to the Pokemon to its right, clearly second in command. Well, time to get some jobs laid out. You, the Pokemon says as it points to a figure. You're gonna see where they are going. Clearly they've got some idea of where one of these items are, and I have a hunch as to which one they're looking for. The figure nods, then walks out of the room. You three, go meet the Spoon Man and have a day. I hear that there's ice cream. The boss points to three Pokemon, who each nod and leave. You, of course, need to do your job. Don't you have somewhere to be? The figure nods and then leaves. The boss looks to another Pokemon. Riddle me this. Why does loyalty run so far? The Pokemon leaves at that. The rest of you lay low. No use using all of my chess pieces at once. Except you, my friend. You must stay undercover and try not to spoil all the fun. The second in command bows and leaves. If those recruits want to play hide and seek, well, let's go find them. <laughs> Our heroes have reached New Birch City and decide to look for someone else that's a member of the Bronze Roses. Apparently there's a new rookie that'll be leaving that night and is currently in the shopping district of New Birch City. Ralph and Kyle head over there and Ralph stumbles upon Snow the Sphiel, who's going to be joining the Bronze Roses full time. Snow is a very excited Pokemon and slightly hyper about meeting new members of the Bronze Roses. And according to Snow, she'll be traveling using the Teleport Gem, a device that allows someone to travel to a specific destination at a designated time. After a brief explanation of things, the trio heads to a restaurant to get some stuff to eat. Also, Ralph and Snow might have a thing, don't know yet, we'll see if that lasts throughout this arc. The restaurant has all sorts of food stuff, and Snow and Ralph have a discussion about different sort of topics, including the previous train-related events, how Snow's adoptive father is a rising baseball legend, and Ralph's dad not really being in his life. Kyle is bored out of his mind until Snow mentions that her mom is Brusher, an extremely famous artist. They eventually leave the restaurant hours later to teleport away in a secluded location to prevent any potential criminals from being able to notice the teleport gem and try to steal it. Once they head to an empty park, they pop away from Newbert City into Shady Grove and enter the town, starting their careers as members of the Bronze Roses. They also basically attempt to scam themselves into a place they're already supposed to be in. Very humorous situation. They meet a Surfetched, the leader of the guild, and he invites them in, giving them their rooms, and our heroes prepare for a great start to their Bronze Roses careers. Our heroes wake up the next morning eating a great breakfast. Ralph and Kyle spend, frankly, too much time in this episode trying to switch seats to get closer to snow, very convoluted sort of thing there. The new recruits introduce themselves to the other members of the guild as well. Ralph, by the way, at this point is fully smitten with snow. They also get an introduction to how the guild works, both in and out of game. After building their daily schedule, they start their day by looking for missions on the bulletin board and find two missions that they decide to do at the same time. They head out to their first missions as Bronze Rose members. They head straight to the forest and start exploring the place, looking for a sign of blue gummy shenanigans. After some traveling, they find a Piplup, the Pokemon they were supposed to deliver a blue gummy to. 
Now they have to find the thief that's been stealing blue gummies. Ralph decides to use the blue gummy they currently have as bait, much to the annoyance of the Piplup, who apparently has every accent in the book. Don't ask, it's a very convoluted sort of thing. Speaking of the blue gummy, by the way, it's gone, replaced with a green gummy. They chase down this thief that seemingly replaces gummy, a star you, and fight for the right to the gummy. And the the criminal part, that that too. After beating the star you, they return the gummy to Piplup, take the green gummy for themselves, and head back to the guild. After they head back to the guild, they've got a few hours free to work on personal improvement, which Ralph instantly uses watching the first game of the baseball season. Kyle goes to the gym to work out a bit, trying to improve his own mental and physical fortitude. After some time, Ralph wises up and starts studying about politics and past battles, while Kyle eventually goes shopping, inspired by Ralph's power band. That night, Kyle wakes up in the middle of the night, hearing a song of some sort playing outside on a trumpet, and hears the word, Flying Flowers. So this episode is actually the combination of two solo episodes, each focusing on each specific character. We'll go chronologically in this overview. Kyle wakes up hearing this noise and heads to the roof to try to look for some sign of something. No luck, so heads to Sir Crit, the surfetch's room, but he's fast asleep. In fact, everyone seems to be fast asleep. Well, time for Agent Kyle. He gets out of the building by effectively jumping five stories, landing straight on the ground, then heads straight to the forest where he finds Kirk who seems to have lost HD in a box in the forest. Kirk and Kyle head deep into the forest, and Kyle finds what can only be described as a familiar-looking box, but not Kirk's. Later on, they find Kirk in HD's box, but no HD. Finally, they reach the center of the forest, where the trumpet sounds are the loudest. As they head closer to the center of the forest, Kirk is looking more and more tired, until eventually he falls asleep when they reach the center. Kyle does some investigating and finds someone sneaking through the flowers, a Roselia, and a weird glow coming from its eyes. There's a yellow circle on the Roselia's forehead, and it turns out this is one of the members of that evil group fighting the recruits. Kyle and Roselia get into a battle, and despite some shrewd strategy by Kyle, he is eventually defeated. As Kyle eventually goes unconscious, he sees an ember shoot at the Roselia. The next morning, Ralph wakes up extra early for some odd reason. He goes through his normal early morning routine, feeling like this is going to be a great day, until breakfast, where he notices that Kyle is missing. With a guild member missing, the rest of the guild is on full alert, and Ralph is assigned the task of heading into town to see if Kyle went there. Instead, Ralph eventually stumbles into HD. They decide to split up the town, each looking for their respective partners, and Ralph heads to the dojo, where he ends up fighting the Master Sock and quickly wins. After giving some helpful business advice regarding fighting random strangers, Ralph heads to the daycare. At the daycare, Ralph meets a Blissey and asks about Kyle, but isn't successful. However, a Raltz walks up to Ralph and asks about her big brother Atlas. After a few encouraging words from Ralph, the Raltz, named Susie, runs to her cubby and hands Ralph a worn-out key. Susie also shouts after Ralph as he leaves, saying that the MVP is with you. Uh, Ralph, and also the player character for Ralph, thinks that Susie is the devil, this is vile, for the story in whatever aspect you want to make it vital, but this is vital nevertheless. Susie is apparently the devil, according to Ralph. After meeting back up with HD, they head to the grocery store, as HD mentioned some commotion that was occurring previously. It turns out that Kirk had been at the store, rushing to get an Orenberry and making a mess in the process. HD and Ralph head out to the front gates, where they find a Pokemon running away from the forest with some glowing thing on their forehead. Once Ralph realizes that he can't catch up to that Pokemon, he heads to the entrance of the forest with HD. 
Kyle wakes up midday with Kirk force-feeding him orange berries. After seeing Kyle is healthy, Kirk yells a bit at the sheer ridiculousness of fighting a significantly stronger Roselia and hands Kyle a piece of paper that was seemingly in the clearing. After dusting himself off, he heads to the entrance of the forest with Kirk. Both of our heroes and their partners? They're, 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 they're compatriots, I guess. They meet up with each other by effectively literally running into each other. Ralph and Kyle head back to the guild, and HD and Kirk head out to do their own thing at this point. Kyle takes a nap in his room, recovering from the chaos of last night, while Ralph continues studying about the world around him. He asks about the realness of legendary and mythical Pokemon. Some believe that they used to be real, others believe that they never existed, but the clear thing is that no one thinks they exist today. And also about undercover organizations, of which there don't seem to be any beside the one that they're part of. Soon afterwards, Kyle and Ralph regroup and discuss the events of their adventures. As they discuss the key Ralph received from Susie, Kyle uses this key on his chest and finds a golden mask, which seems to improve his presence and makes him look more confident to others. Kyle and Ralph call Adam using their psychic link and try to get more information about the situation. Adam informs him about a riddle on the paper Kyle picked up. The flowers are leaving. Make them fly. He's also seemingly currently occupied with some sort of battle, which eventually leads to him disconnecting their call. Kyle and Ralph head back downstairs, and the rest of the guild eventually rejoice at Kyle's return. As Kyle continues to rest, Ralph has decided to have a paperwork date with Snow, followed by some dinner at Le Berry, a restaurant in Shady Grove, and watching a movie, uh, Ratatatouille. That ends that day. The next day, the heroes follow their normal schedule and actually have a regular old day with missions and guild work. That night, Kyle heads to the TM shop and the held item store and comes away after some bargaining with a twist band which prevents his stats from being lowered. Ralph heads to the dojo he previously visited and sets up an appointment to eventually learn the move Low Sleep. This morning, it's a normal day for our heroes, completing a somewhat complicated mission in the morning and gets the afternoon off to for their accomplishments. Ralph spends his time in the town arcade and ends up getting a bunch of items that boost his stats and power, creating a gap between Ralph and Kyle that, at this point, still has not been fixed no matter how hard I try. I'll be frank with you, we spent too much time at the arcade in this episode. This is sort of like a filler episode in anime, except for the whole stat boost thing that happened, which carries into later episodes. This episode also had some system updates, which also took a bit of time to work with, and that's effectively what happens on this day. The next day, Ralph and Kyle get a message from Adam through Sir Crit, mentioning the need to go to New Birch City, which turns it from a ought-to-do to watch the game to an absolute should-do for the mission. Snow, Ralph, and Kyle, all three of them, head out to New Birch City. The three of them head to New Birch City via train due to the importance of Adam's request. As they head out, Kyle feels that someone is in the train car that shouldn't be in the car, and starts looking for something or someone, but is eventually unsuccessful at finding it initially. Throughout the ride, they don't really get much of an understanding of what's so weird about the train car they were in, but they know something's weird. They reach New Birch City a few hours later and head to Snow's house, or should I say mansion. This building is the size of a college campus building, huge, with a butler. Jeeves the Mr. Mine. The mansion has basically every room imaginable, and to quote Snow, if you have a noun and you put the word room behind it, we pretty much have it. 
Ralph and Snow have a house tour that basically takes the rest of their day, while Kyle looks through Brusher, Snow's mom's studio. One piece looks familiar to Kyle, but he's not 100% sure what it is. Ralph and Snow watch a film, Finding Nummel, to finish up their night. That night, Kyle has some weird flashes of Adam seemingly trying to send a message to them, and it's clear they have to be at that baseball game. Also, another message from a different location. We enter a dark cave in an unknown location. Zooming in, we see an empty table and one Pokemon sitting on the throne of jewels. Suddenly, another Pokemon rushes in, runs to the throne, and bows. So you were unsuccessful. I could have sworn that I foresaw the alternate paths, but it seems not. Very well. At the very least, the dream team has been temporarily put on ice. At this point, another Pokemon comes in, looking pleased with itself. Ah, my friend. How goes the transformation? We'd like to get new allies after all. The figure nods once. Really? Just the one? Well, it'll still be something if they can get rid of those kids. The Pokemon on the throne looks to the closer figure. You must find the flower before they do. They've traveled to New Birch City. One of us was on the train. Find the flower and go before the hounds come after us. The figure looks up at the sky, looking out of a hole in the roof of the cave. Let's see if they have the skills to truly compete with us. <laughs> the next morning, the heroes have breakfast in the morning and read a bit of the newspaper. What interests them is a bank robbery in a bank that had no money. After researching a bit more, they decide to take on this case themselves and head to the police station to try to learn more about what was going on. When they get there, they meet up with the police and Team Payday, a group of three different Meowths that are former members of the Bronze Roses. They share some information and discuss more about the security system used in the bank robbery. Ralph has the idea that the criminals were testing their skills on the security system and ask about the other locations that use that similar security system. In fact, there are three, the post office, the new garden, and the baseball stadium. After some discussion, they decide to split into three different teams. The post office will be looked at by the police, the garden will be looked at by Team Not-A-Scratch featuring Snow, and the baseball stadium will be looked at by Team Payday. Each team heads out to their respective locations, and we head to the garden, which looks wonderful. In the center of the garden is the greenhouse, where the security system is used to protect the valuable flowers. As they enter the greenhouse, they find a special flower, the Gracedia flower. This flower has the power to turn Shaman from its land form to his sky form. That night, as Snow goes to sleep, Kyle and a begrudging Ralph head to the garden to check it out. After a bit of time, Ralph heads back home and goes to bed, and Kyle does a stakeout with the police with no real results. The next day, they head to the baseball game and see the sight that a baseball game provides. They also see Aaron the Arcanine, one of the greatest players in history, watch the game as well. The game commences, and it's a thriller of a match that heads into overtime and one in the 13th inning on Smasher's home run, a 6-4 win. As soon as the game ends, a Growlithe comes to them and says they need to head to the garden. Stat. They reach the garden, where a bunch of police and Team Payday are getting ready to go into the garden and catch the bad guys. As Team Payday and Team Notascratch head in, they rush to where someone looks to be running away, and it's the Skarmory. A fight ensues, and Kyle is eventually knocked out by a fury attack. 
Now it's Ralph versus Skarmory in a fight for revenge. Thanks to Anna from Team Payday giving some advice and help, the Skarmory is defeated and they realize that this is a diversion. Snow is fighting a Roselia with a yellow circle on its forehead as this episode ends. The battle has already started between the two and it's a full-on war between Snow and the Roselia. After what effectively is an anime fight between the two, Kyle notices the Gracedia flower is out of the box, and both Kyle and Ralph and the Roselia make a beeline for the flower. Eventually our heroes grab it and run. Snow also rollouts the Roselia into oblivion, and Kyle tries to find someone to fix this broken box. As they talk to some officers, Kyle notices that his badge is vibrating and changing into the recruits of the lost badge. When the badge is next to the flower, Kyle is able to hear the trumpet he heard many days ago. Meanwhile, Ralph learns more about the flower, mainly that Aaron donated it to the garden. When they go to share information together, they realize that there's a recruit of the lost nearby, and it turns out it's Aaron. Aaron, Ralph, and Kyle head into the greenhouse by themselves and discuss the fact that all three of them are members of the Recruits of the Lost. Ralph describes all of the events that have occurred so far, informing Aaron of what's basically going on. Aaron discusses his life as well, a fun little background thing about the Arcanine's life. All three head to the legendary hallway and discuss with Mrs. Quagmire the results of the previous couple of days of work. They decide to take the flower to the forest in Shady Grove and see if that gets them closer to the grass cornet. The next morning, Ralph and Snow wake up early, as Kyle is effectively sleeping in after getting 4 hours of sleep in 48 hours. Due to a heavy storm, they decide to head to the train station and take the train to Shady Grove. They also meet up with Aaron at the station. As Kyle and Aaron have a conversation about their future destination, Snow and Ralph have a deep heart-to-heart -heart about their feelings for each other. And it turns out they both like each other. All is great. Also, Snow runs away embarrassed about the whole situation. On the train ride back, all four of the characters, Ralph, Kyle, Snow, and Aaron, basically sit on their own, not really saying much of anything. Kyle takes a nap and sees himself in the legendary hallway, but things seem to be fuzzy. Adam is hurt in the garden, and Kyle is unable to understand what Adam is saying beyond a few words. He's being controlled. The train is back at the Shady Grove, and the four get off the train. Snow heads back to the guild, while the other three head into the forest. After traveling through the forest and accidentally setting the Gracedia flower on fire, they reach the center, where Kyle was a few days previously. They head to the flower patch, and the flower at this point is dragging them towards that patch. As they reach the center of the patch, Aaron attacks something in the sky, and Isaac turns towards them with a yellow circle on his forehead. So at this point, two different battles ensue. One is a battle in the background between Aaron and something in the sky, and the second is between Isaac and Team Not a Scratch. Kyle quickly throws a sleep seed towards Isaac, making him fall asleep. However, as Kyle begins trying to use his items to create the grass cornet, Ralph notices the golden mask in Kyle's bag glowing and takes it out. As he puts it on, he's forced to look at Isaac. Ralph tries to use the power of the golden mask, but failed to do so, and now he and Isaac are in a battle themselves. As they battle, large boulders are thrown at Kyle and the items, and he tries to guard them as much as he can. After a powerful low kick by Ralph, Isaac is knocked out, and using the golden mask again, he's much more successful. The golden ring disappears from Isaac, though he's still knocked out. Once the foes have realized they lost, they flee, and Aaron joins the rest of the team. Aaron points out a small Pokemon on a branch high in the tree, and it's Shaman in their landform. Shaman trades Kyle the Gracedia flower for the grass cornet, 
and our heroes now have their first legendary item. Aaron, Ralph, and Kyle head with the knocked out Isaac to the guild and head to the infirmary. Isaac is informed about the recent developments, including his control aspect, and all four of them head to the garden gazebo to meet with the rest of the recruits. Kyle also leaves the grass cornet in his own room in the dream world. In the meeting, they formally induct Aaron into the recruits of the lost and think about future steps. It's clear that our heroes probably have to transfer guilds, but the question is where to? After some discussion, they decide to transfer to the Boulder Stars, located on Briny Breeze Island in the Lux State. Ralph does some studying about the island they're heading to as he waits for Snow to return. Kyle meets with Sir Crit and gets confirmation that they'll be transferring soon. Ralph and Snow finally have that conversation that's been on everyone's mind for a dozen episodes. They decide to try the long-term relationship thing out, because why not? It's a story, let's keep them happy. That night, they have a big feast to wish Ralph and Kyle luck in their future adventures. Kyle actually speaks with Susie for the first time, and Susie tells two things. One, used TMs, which Kyle received previously and Susie does not know anything about. Used TMs can be reverted to their original form at the recycling plant in town. And take care of the egg. A weird message here. With Susie X Machina effectively talking, Kyle heads to the recycling plant to revert his TM. The resulting move? Cotton Guard. He eventually sells the TM for some cash. Ralph also gets a visit from Snow, who gives a parting gift of a violent seed to Ralph, which when eaten boosts attack and special attack for that player character. The next morning, Sircrit gives both Ralph and Kyle a few stat-boosting items, boosting their stats even more, and with a salute goodbye, Ralph and Kyle head out to continue their journey to save the world. Thanks for listening to the summary episode. The music throughout this episode was created either by Glitchek City, Tabletop Audio, or myself. You can find links to Glitchek City and Tabletop Audio in the description of this episode. While you're down there, follow the podcast and myself on Twitter and join our Discord. We're building an amazing community that's constantly growing, and you could meet a bunch of awesome people, including the members of the show, on the Discord and on Twitter and contacting us. Our biggest and most rewarding link, however, is our Patreon, which contains a plethora of benefits that you can take full advantage of. For as little as $1 a month, you have the power to grow not a scratch to higher and higher levels. There's a number of rewards for joining the Patreon at different tiers, including early access to episodes, special series, the ability to have your own one-shot, and more. If you're financially able and willing, we'd be extremely thankful for any support. Thank you again for checking out this summary episode. I've been your PM, DM, GM, Andrew himself, and until next time, take care.